Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> I am here today with racial equity and healthcare leaders to formally declare systemic racism as a public health crisis here in Chicago. At almost every single point in our city's history, sadly, racism has taken a devastating toll on the health and well-being of our residents of color and particularly those who are black. So the declaration gives Chicago $10 million in coronavirus funds from the CDC for, quote, healthy Chicago equity zones. But what about the rise in crime there? Local media reporting since Friday night alone, at least 45 people shot and five of those killed. One Chicago alderman, Raymond Lopez, says this. Generational gang life isn't just something that's encouraged. It's almost revered in some neighborhoods. If you really want to get to what is at the heart of a lot of this, it is gangs. And it is the borderline collapse of the family unit in many of our neighborhoods. Lightfoot has avoided calling out gangs in our community as a source of violence in our city. Well, and, and Leo, to that point, I, I thought the alderman, uh, alderman made such a good point. You know, he was saying that gangs are really at the source of the problem with Chicago, and we need to focus more on the family unit. So my question to you is, how susceptible are young men to crime without fathers at home? Well, I think, first of all, it's a big problem. I mean, there's been a lot of fatherless homes. And I think the key here is that Lori Lightfoot wants to ignore that. Let me be as clear as I can, Lisa, on this. There is no systemic racism in Chicago. There is no systemic racism in this country. That is a democratic lie. I want to be clear about that. Lori Lightfoot is public enemy number one in Chicago. Now, she's not going to be able to move that $10 million. You know why? Because it's based on race. And just recently, she got nailed for excluding reporters. She's playing the race card because she's allowing people that look like me get killed every weekend in Chicago. This is a joke. This is a game she's trying to play. She's trying to win re-election, and she plays the old-fashioned Democratic race card in order to try to stay in office. There is no systemic racism. I'm sick of that. And key here is she is public enemy number one in Chicago. Well, it's Tuesday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I'm going to take care of some business with you here before we get into it. I received quite a few emails criticizing me, saying that I don't ask enough, so I'll just put it in the beginning of the podcast. I'm not real good at these type of things, but uh, I guess Apple Podcasts, the way they work is if you want to be in the charts, it has a lot to do with ratings and reviews, so... If you're a frequent listener, if you like this podcast, please rate and review me if you get a chance. Would be much appreciated. Now that we're past that, let's get into it. Uh, This weekend, Juneteenth just passed. In case you're not familiar with it, I'm sure most of you are, but on the rare case that somebody might not be Juneteenth, it's celebrated on June 19th. It's a name given to the Emancipation Day by the African Americans in Texas. On that day in 1865, Union Mayor General Gordon Granger read General Number Order 3 to the people of Galveston. It stated, 
The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with the proclamation from the executives of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of persons' rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. That is from the Texas State Library and Archives Commission. If you'd like to look it up and read it, it has a little bit more information on it, but I think you get the general idea. It was post-Abraham Lincoln freeing the slaves, so that was their formal announcement in Texas. June 19th has now passed both the House and looks like the Senate, and it is waiting for Joe Biden's approval to become a national holiday. So this certainly won't be the last time you hear about it. You would think on a day like that, you know, people would be out celebrating and trying to show their support for the new holiday and uh, having a good time. Well, not so much. Brett Bart reported Juneteenth celebrations around the nation marred by shootings and death. Juneteenth celebrations in Oakland, California, Aurora, Colorado, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Clover, South Carolina, and Flint, Michigan were marred by shootings and death. ABC News reported that Oakland's Juneteenth celebrated at Lake Merritt was interrupted by gunfire at 6.22 p.m. When the shots ended, seven shooting victims were discovered, including a 22-year-old man who was killed in the incident. The Aurora Juneteenth celebration was brought to a violent end when multiple shooters unleashed 114 rounds on attendees, wounding four and killing one. KKTV notes, the Public Safety Dispatch Center received at least 50 calls for service regarding the Aurora attack. Two people were killed in a shooting that erupted after a concert in Baton Rouge. ABC News pointed out that the shooting occurred in a parking lot following a fight and multiple guns were involved. WSOC-TV reports two separate shootings at Juneteenth celebrations in Clover, South Carolina. One of the shootings resulted in three people being wounded, including a 17-year-old boy. The other shooting involved a car pulling up beside a vehicle in which a family was traveling and opened fire. Also on Juneteenth, a 19-year-old woman was shot and killed after allegedly shooting at police officers in Flint, Michigan. A City of Flint Police Department press release says preliminary investigations indicating the officer who was working a traffic point for the Juneteenth celebration was fired upon by a lone occupant of a vehicle who drove up to him at the traffic point. Upon taking fire, the officer returned fire, striking the suspect. So going back to the soundbite you heard in the opening, in Chicago this year alone, up to date, 294 people have been killed this year, 2021, and that is 21 more than 2020 at the same time. The Chicago Tribune reported, and it gave you really the demographics and a breakdown of what's what. So in the last 365 days in Chicago, 582 of the deaths are black, not Hispanic. 111 are unknown. 63 are Hispanic. 39 were white. Uh, Two were Asian. And one was black Hispanic. 701 of them were male. 95 were female. It says two not known. I don't know what that means. It also provided 608 of the deaths are unknown. 
178 were shot, and 12 are other. These are happening in predominantly gang-filled areas, and if you dig even deeper in, the majority, and by majority I mean heavy majority, is about 90% plus is black-on-black crime. But she wants to tell you that the biggest problem we have right now in the United States is systemic racism. How about she spends a little bit less time trying to look like Beetlejuice and a little bit more time investing into her city and actually fixing the problems? She needs to go into the low-income areas. She needs to change these young men and women's minds. She needs to get them out of that cycle of family and generational gang banging and get them get that cycle broken and let's get them educated and get them out. Why doesn't she work hard on doing that? No, of course not. Because just like a typical blue city and you have a blue mayor, they're more concerned with their political career than actually doing something productive for their city. She wouldn't dare lift a finger and go fix anything. All she does is typical for the style of a Democratic mayor. She blames other people. She blames it on racism. She asks the government for more money and doesn't even use it for programs that would benefit the people in Chicago. God knows what she spends it on, and that's it. Not to mention, she also did last week or the week before, whichever one it was, say she was no longer taking uh, questions from white reporters. So if anybody's a racist, it's you. You're the one not even willing to talk to white people. You're perpetuating racism by your statements. You are part of the problem. You're the one creating that wedge between the races. This weekend alone in Chicago, there were 45 shootings. And it's like this every summer. Just go back in history and look. Go back to old newspaper articles. Just look back in time. Every summer, it's the weirdest thing. There's like an eruption of violence in that city. The gun violence goes off the scale. Maybe, and this is just me thinking out loud, maybe it's because it's summertime and the weather's warmer, so more people are outside, so there's more interaction between everybody and tensions are high and and maybe wintertime there's not as many people on the streets because it's cold and people ain't trying to be outside too much. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just thinking out loud. But it's just a very odd thing that every single summer they have these issues where the gun violence just erupts. So, Lightfoot, Lightweight, Beetlejuice, whatever you want to call yourself, why don't you focus on actually fixing your city instead of being worried about your 5 o'clock appearance and do your job. Another person who loves to perpetuate racism, it just seems to be one of his things, is Don Lemon. Now, I know if you've listened to me for any amount of time that you would think I'm picking on Don Lemon like I pick on AOC, but it's not that. Really, it's just that I love stupid people because they're so dumb. And when you say such dumb things, I can't help but actually comment on it. It's it's just something I got to do because it's such a ridiculous thing that you are saying. Lemon gave an in-depth interview to the Washington Post magazine. Uh, The reporter, Eric Esther, asked him, you've suggested that Trump was the president we deserved and probably a necessary and revealing wake-up call. Do you still think that? Lemon responded, considering people's apathy to get involved in the political process, to pay attention to the political process, to go to the polls, their willingness to give so much attention to celebrities... 
I think that's what I meant by the president we deserve. But there's also this false reality that we're living in a post-racial world after the election of Barack Obama. That was all bull blank, Lemon asserted. It was a wake-up call to white people who thought they were living in a non-racist world. We're living in two different realities as black and white people. We knew, as black people, what was lurking beneath the surface. I still believe that Trump was the necessary wake-up for Americans to realize just how racist it is. Esther then asked Lemon about his new book. He said the book seems to be part of an ongoing process of putting yourself out there bit by bit, revealing more personal things about yourself. Is that something you've wanted to do or something you felt like you had to do? He went on to say he feels like he had to do it uh, for, I guess, people to see him for who he is. He then stated to the host, I would love America to see black people, especially black gay men as, and I hate this word, normal, and as a human being as part of the culture. I don't know if America sees black people, especially black gay men, as fully human and as deserving of the American dream. Don't you find it comical? People like Lori Lightweight and Don Lemon like to say that they are not deserving of the American dream, but yet they're probably doing better than, say, 90% of the average working Joe out there. (laughs) And I also love how they continue to spew all this racism, and both of them have white partners. How does your white partner feel that you just degrade their race? That's okay to them that you go to work every day and you find some way or another to blame their race for all the problems that you claim your race actually has. It's just mind-boggling how hypocritical and stupid these people are. It's just dumb. I can't sit back and not say anything about that like I was talking about right before I read you that ridiculous interview because it's just such ignorant comments just filled with hypocrisy and lunacy that I have to say something because if I say nothing, I'm not doing service to anybody. Good Lord. On to the next subject. Uh, You know that they are working on the infrastructure deal. They have been for a while. They're trying to Spend as much money as they possibly can. You know, Republicans and Democrats can't get together on anything. They can't agree on anything on something as simple as what is actually classified as infrastructure, like daycare and and, uh, supporting hospitals and COVID and, and all that. That's not infrastructure. I don't know how that could possibly be the definition of infrastructure. It's it's not even in the definition, but they're. Talking about spending quite a bit of money. Joe Biden's original package, I want to say, was uh, $4 trillion, and they keep dwindling it down. I think currently they're down to $1.2 trillion, uh, and they are looking at spending that over the course of the next eight years. So there are a lot of senators that have a problem with this. Justin News reported, Senator Dems trying to spend us into oblivion with the largest expansion of government since FDR. If you are unfamiliar with FDR, he basically was another socialist. Obviously, he was a president. If you are younger and listening to this podcast, again, I can't assume everybody knows everything. If you already knew it, awesome. If you didn't know it, 
something to know, somebody definitely to look up. It's important. He made quite a large push to create the biggest government institution the United States had seen at that time. In the article, Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott warned that the Democrats in Congress are trying to spend us into oblivion with the largest expansion of government since President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal. The Democrats, they're taking this country in a very, very dangerous direction, Scott said during a speech at the Faith and Freedom Coalition conference on Friday. They're trying to spend us into oblivion. You look at these numbers of what they're trying to spend, they want to tax all of us and take our money away from us, our hard-working money. They're pushing the largest expansion of government since the New Deal. They attack our religious freedoms, our Second Amendment rights. They trash our history. They divide us by race, the color of our skin. They won't stand up for our greatest ally in the Middle East, Israel. They're embracing socialism. I thought we beat Russia, the Soviet Union. Scott told the audience that Republicans wouldn't win if they don't show up and fight. What are you going to do to make sure we win is going to determine the future of this country, he said. There is no plan B. There is no place to move. Scott, chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, slammed S-1, the Democratic Federal Election Law, referring to its corrupt political act. It's formally titled For the People Act. It's a sham, Scott said. It's nothing but a big power grab by the Washington Democrats. Look, the Democrats don't want free and fair elections. They want to make sure that only Democrats can win. That's a good election in their mind. Scott argued that the Democrats engaged in a big lie by claiming an effort by Republicans to reform election law is intended to suppress the vote. We need to stand up and say they are lying. Voter ID is not racist. It's common sense. Preventing ballot harvesting or drop boxes that aren't secure, that's not racist. It's common sense. Preventing illegal immigrants from voting, that's not racist. It's common sense. The Democrats' Corrupt Politician Act is an assault on free and fair elections and erodes the state safeguards that keep each of our elections fair so your individual rights to vote is never Never diluted. Our goal is maximum participation and zero, not some, zero fraud. I know that was a bit lengthy, but I thought it was important to read it in its entirety. All the subjects he touched upon, everything he said was just pure truth. Uh, it's not racist to secure our voting laws. Uh, they are demonizing all Republicans and conservatives right now. They are going to try to tax you. There was a news article that came out uh, either yesterday or the day before, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden talking about what taxes they're going to increase to pay for these bills. I mean, we can't keep printing money endlessly. You've already seen that inflation is on the rise. We're going into hyperinflation. I keep saying that, but in May alone, we're up to 5%. When do they do the right thing and start recalling some of that money by jacking up interest rates? It's the only way to stop this. Of course, they're not doing it, and it doesn't look like they're going to do it anytime soon, so that's a big concern. So how do you pay for these bills? You have to raise taxes. There is no other way. So even though Sleepy Creepy promised you he wasn't going to raise your taxes, believe me, it's coming. Just like inflation, you may not be paying more in taxes yet, 
but you are paying more at the gas pump. You are paying more at the grocery store. You're certainly paying a ton more for any type of construction material. So you're getting hammered one way or the other right now. And this is without him raising your taxes. Wait till he raises everybody's taxes. And then we're all really going to feel the pain going forward. This administration is disastrous for the United States. Hopefully we come out of it with just a few bumps and bruises and we can mend ourselves and be back to normal. We're going to see. Rumble, uh, I, I am an average guy and I work 50 hours a week. And then I do the podcasting and rumble. I'm probably only going to do rumble because editing is such a lengthy process with videos. Um, I'm probably going to just do one video a week on a Friday when I have a little more time to record throughout the week and slowly edit and drop it on Friday. So if you'd like to see any videos there, if you want to check me out on rumble every Friday, you should see a new episode pop up on there. Otherwise, I would kindly ask you once again, if you do like what you're listening to, please rate and review me. Also, tell some people about me would be much appreciated. You can follow me at Twitter, at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N, at Parlor Joe Little, uh, Clout Hub, Little Joe CC, Gab, Little Joe's Corner. Otherwise, have a great Tuesday. We'll do it again Friday.